In a Wednesday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, we go ahead and continue our series talking about the greatest insert position here of insert this era here. Continuing with the quarterbacks, this time going into the 2000s. Who was our number one guy? We'll talk about that, plus some camp updates from Arizona State football, spring training. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw. I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils today. Go ahead and make sure that you're following this podcast wherever you get your podcast. This podcast is free and available on all platforms, which includes but is not limited to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. Wherever you get your podcast on an audio platform, we're there and available Monday through Friday, giving you the best Arizona State Sun Devils basketball, football, baseball, and otherwise content in the whole world. Go ahead, follow us on YouTube as well. Subscribe, like, share, thumbs up, five-star rate, all that good stuff. If you're on Twitter, follow myself at RichieBrads36 and follow the podcast while you're there too at LO underscore Sun Devils. With that being said, we're not going to waste any more time. We're going to go ahead and get right into this. We're going to continue this conversation of the greatest quarterbacks of each era We're going over to the 2000s now. Now, my list yesterday on the Wednesday edition of the 2010s generated a little bit of conversation that I was hoping it would, but mainly revolving around Taylor Kelly being top three all time. There was a little bit of pushback that I absolutely welcome, and it got me thinking, I want to do an all-time list as well. So that's also something... That's going to be on my to-do list here is we're going to do the 2010s like we did yesterday. We're going to do a 2000s like we're doing tonight. Tomorrow, I'll be doing post-2000s, and then we're wrapping it up with my top five all-time. Very, very excited to do that. But before we can get that far, we got to talk about the best quarterbacks of the 2000s. Now, this, this is a very weird era of Arizona State football. They weren't necessarily bad. They weren't great, though. They were just in some kind of like limbo funk. And in the middle of it was two quarterbacks, really, both of whom are going to be in my top two. The other two that I have here kind of mingled their way through the Sun Devils program and were kind of dancing around with starting reps here and there, just enough to really make a name for themselves to be mentioned on this list. So once again, I will have four quarterbacks that I'm going through. And the first guy we're going to talk about now is Sam Keller. Now, Keller never truly got a chance to shine for Arizona State with just 20 games under his belt in three years, career high in games being eight, which was in 2005. He threw 2,165 passing yards and 20 touchdowns to nine interceptions. This was his career best season, and he wasn't even like the the full-time starter for Arizona State during during this career best season for himself. In his three years with the Sun Devils, he only managed to throw 3,018 yards, and again, 2,100 of those came in 2005. Between 2003 and 2004, he had only thrown 114 pass attempts, six touchdowns to two interceptions. He just never really got that opportunity to get onto the field enough to make a true difference-making impact for the Sun Devils. 
And that's okay because he was quality while he was there. He did end up transferring out of Tempe and over to Omaha, Nebraska to play for the Cornhuskers. Back then, you had to sit out a year when you transferred. So he didn't play until 2007. And in that season, he did have a career high in passing yards, a little over 2,400. But he only managed 14 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. So even with the opportunity, he was never anything like just mind-boggling great. He was quality, and there's nothing wrong with that. He just unfortunately doesn't exactly leave a mark on Arizona State history, even as a Sun Devil who played three years with us. Now, for what it's worth, in the time he was there, ASU was doing pretty good at winning. In 2005, the year where he was most notably playing, the Sun Devils did manage to have a 7-5 and record. They did beat U of A that year. Unfortunately, I just am unable to tell you who was the starting quarterback between him and another guy to be later named. He just never really got that opportunity, and that's okay, but that's why he's number four on this list. Next up, we have Jeff Crone coming in at my number three spot here. Crone was only with Arizona State for the years 2000 and 2001. He was mainly the starter there. He played 10 games in both those seasons. Managed to throw a combined just shy of 3,700 passing yards, 31 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. Rock solid. Completion percentage, whole other story. 51.4% for his career. The dude was definitely not accurate, and he was not a game changer with his arm. However, he played more games than Keller. He was a, a little more worthwhile with 31 touchdowns compared to Keller's 30 touchdowns. He managed to do that in two seasons compared to Keller's three seasons. And he had fewer interceptions as well. So a better quarterback in his two years there, Kroll was able to manage a 10 and 13 record. So a losing record, unfortunately. In fact, one of those years they went four and seven, I believe. Not exactly ideal. He went one and one against U of A, which obviously matters to Arizona State. Got one win, lost the other game, and ultimately was, again, not even the full-time starter for Arizona State because somebody would eventually take over for him that we'll talk about later. But uh, for what it's worth, Crone, Crone, similar to Keller, was quality. He, he was never that guy who was going to win you games all by himself. Arizona State's had very few guys that have been that kind of quality who can win you the game because of them. Crone, very middle of the pack. I do put him ahead of Keller because he had more opportunity, and I believe he did more with that opportunity, even though he completed a significantly smaller amount of uh, percentage-wise compared to what Keller was able to do. Don't hate him. There's, there's no reason to look at Crone and slander and bash his career with Arizona State. He was quality for what he was. He was just never that guy who was going to take Arizona State over the hump, and that proved to be true. The good news is he would usher in a great era for Arizona State quarterbacks. Now, we'll go ahead and talk about that quarterback in just a moment here, but first, we are going to go ahead and hop into our first break. When we return, we're going to talk about those two quarterbacks that I have at number two and number one, respectively. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. 
Now, I don't know about you guys, but I certainly took Kentucky to go very deep, and now my bracket is busted. It's not looking good, but I still got some cash from my stat hero, Pick'em. If you haven't checked out this new platform, you're doing yourself a disservice. Stat Heroes NCAA Single Game Pick'ems pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who you are playing against. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head-to-head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players you choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what daily fantasy was meant to be. So check out StatHero.com right now and start enjoying things the way they were meant to be. StatHero.com. Now, guys, I know this is typically around the time of year where we start to give up on our New Year's resolutions, and I don't blame you. We're all looking for something delicious. We're all looking for something that's coated in chocolate, and I got good news for you. There's something that is delicious with chocolate but is also healthy, and that's Built Bar. If you haven't tried their puffs yet, you are missing out. The puffs are one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. They're the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And, of course, covered in 100% real chocolate. They have so many great flavors too, like yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. They're going to be your new favorites. They're typically low calorie and high protein. That's for all their bars. Replace your candy bars with Built Bars. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. And if you compare that to a Built Bar, that's down to just 130 calories. Four grams of sugar, four net carbs, but 17 grams of protein compared to a candy bar, which is 240 calories or more, 30 grams of sugar with dozens of net carbs. There's so many different flavors to choose from as well, including the white chocolate cookies and cream flavor right now for a limited time. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. They think a flavor might be good. They're probably going to make it. So do yourself a favor and go to BuiltBar.com right now and type in promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And again, thank you guys so much for making the Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Don't forget that this podcast is free and available on all platforms. Let's go ahead and hop back into the quarterback discussion here. Number two was a guy I had mentioned yesterday, and he, he won football games. And he put up numbers. He actually is second. Yeah, he is second all time in Arizona State passing yards record. Uh, He managed to have 81 touchdown passes. His freshman year was outstanding. He just unfortunately never took that next step. He was a maddeningly inconsistent player for Arizona State. You either loved him or you hated him on on like a play-to-play basis. I, of course... I'm talking about Rudy Carpenter. Rudy Carpenter, second all-time Arizona State passing yards. Had a really, really great season as a freshman. 
He managed to throw just shy of 2,300 yards, 17 touchdowns to just two interceptions. This is in nine games. He completed nearly 70% of his passes. I mean, the future looked unbelievably bright with Rudy Carpenter. He seemed like the godsend quarterback that the Sun Devils had been waiting to have since the guy that we're going to talk about, but maybe even since the Jake Plummer era. Carpenter truly looked like he could have left his mark on Arizona State history more than he did because he did have really, really good numbers with the Sun Devils. He also, for what it's worth, was second all-time in passing touchdowns with his 81 touchdowns. But he he just he never took Arizona State to the new heights that we all thought that he was capable of doing. He managed to go 29 and 20 in the four years that he played at Arizona State. And that does include the part-time gig that he had with the aforementioned Scott Keller. Not Scott Keller. What the heck was his name? I can't remember. Keller. Something Keller. I'm going to have to pull it up because now I, now I look like an idiot. Sam Keller. There you go. Sam Keller. I said Scott Keller. You can go ahead and make fun of me in the comments if you want. Sam Keller and Rudy Carpenter were kind of in this, in this like tug of war kind of situation on the starting gig in 2005. Clearly Carpenter was the better option. They opted to go with him. Keller transfers to Nebraska. The rest is history. But unfortunately he never takes that next step in 2006. The Sun Devils see him throw 23 touchdowns to 14 picks. The next season, he's 25 touchdowns to 10 picks. In his senior year, he's 16 to 9. He just never grasped that freshman season and that magic that he had. After, seriously, freshman year, 68.4% completion, 10 yards an attempt, almost 9 to 1 touchdown to pick ratio. After that, Seriously, he threw 33 of his 35 interceptions over the next three years. His best completion percentage was just shy of 62%. And his passing yards really didn't improve that much either. His career high was 3202, which came in his junior year where he threw 25 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. It just was never, it, it was never enough. And part of that is because he set the bar so high for himself after his freshman year. And admittedly, Sun Devils Nation also put him on this pedestal. Remember, like I mentioned, he was supposed to be like the next coming of Jake Plummer. He he was the next Danny White. He was the next guy we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Carpenter was supposed to be all that and a bag of peanuts. We were supposed to be talking about him for years to come. And we are. But not for the reason that we believed he could be. Carpenter, very, very quality quarterback for Arizona state just never lived up to our expectations. That's what gets him number two here. Number one, shouldn't be a surprise for the Arizona state hopeful. And for everyone who's been following this team for a long, long time, this guy is number one on the team for majority of the career categories, including passing yards and passing touchdowns. I am, of course, talking about Andrew Walter. Walter was the quarterback for Arizona State from 2001 to 2004. He ended up taking control of the of the offense from Kroll once Kroll moved on from the team in 2001. From 2002 to 2004, Andrew Walter just was outstanding for Arizona State. 
Now, don't get me wrong. The winning record wasn't anything great. He was only 26 and 23 in that time. He did go two and two against U of A. Oh, I forgot to mention with Rudy Carpenter. He was three and one against U of A, and he only lost his senior year. So for what it's worth, if there was one thing Rudy did right, it was beat the Wildcats. Back to Walter. Walter was two and two against U of A, barely had a winning record, but the dude put up really good numbers. He managed to throw over 10,000 yards in a three-year span. He threw 82 touchdowns, 34 interceptions, rock, rock solid. Now, similarly to Kroll, his completion percentage was really, really bad. A career, 54.9. This is definitely not a guy who was going to just absolutely dominate in the in the completions department. But what he did really well was get those chunk yards, and he found a way to get into the end zone. He, Like I said, he managed to throw 85 touchdowns in a four-year career, 82 of those in a three-year span. He does have the Arizona State um, si- single-season passing touchdowns record, Actually tied with Mike Bercovici at 30 touchdowns. Yeah, fun fact about Burko. He was able to tie the single-season record for passing touchdowns. Did that in his senior season. Ended up uh, 3,150 yards and 30 touchdowns. So talk about efficiency. He was throwing a touchdown a little over every 100 yards. 7.4 in attempt. This 2002 season, kind of neck and neck, I guess. 2002, he threw for a lot more yards, uh, 38-77. He only had 28 touchdowns, but he had 15 picks, six more than what he had in 2004. Kind of splitting hairs. It just, it just depends what you value more. Do you value do you value the yards or do you value the turnovers? Neither here nor there. But he was really good in the statistical department. And this is what edges his, him out for me over Rudy Carpenter was both of them had a very similar record, but Walter was far more consistent compared to Rudy had one really good freshman season. And after that, just never got back to where he wanted to be. Where Walter, on the other hand, seemingly got better with each year. After that 15 touchdown or 15 interception season in 2002, he went down to 10 in 2003 and 9 in 2004. His completion percentage still hovered around that area. He just got to be a much more efficient quarterback, and that goes a long ways for me. You don't have to be the greatest quarterback in the world, but I want you to be consistent. You either be consistently good or you be consistently bad. Walter was consistently good. Carpenter was way too much of a roller coaster for me to put him at one. That's my justification. You can go ahead and argue with me if you want. Uh, I'll listen to an argument either way. There is a little bit of a bias because in the household I did grow up in, Rudy Carpenter was not well-received. And again, it goes down to the maddeningly inconsistency that was Rudy Carpenter. But Walter was a great stat-producing quarterback. Won a few less games than Carpenter. Lost a few more than Carpenter. But at least he was more consistent on the box score again totally up to you how you want to view it now me personally i'm not a quarterback wins guy 
it does matter a little bit. I did factor that in a little bit here. I won't lie to you, but at the end of the day, just because Carpenter has three more wins and three less losses doesn't mean I'm going to look at Walter and say, oh, well, he's worse because of this. No. Both were really, really solid quarterbacks for the 2000s. Treated Arizona State Sun Devil fans pretty well, all things considered. That being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this second segment. When we return, we're just going to give you guys a quick update on what's going on at Arizona State Sun Devils spring football camp. Of course, this is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. This episode of Locked on Sun Devils is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that your car needs. Meanwhile, you have to endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions while the guy behind the counter orders the parts on their computer and chooses the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. You can save 30%, 50%, or even 100% more on the same parts that a chain auto, start, auto store and car dealership has. Rock Auto is also a family business ser- serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years with reliably low prices for every customer. They have every part you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we return now. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. We're going to go ahead and hop into our final segment here. We have some camp updates from you got for you guys, mainly regarding the quarterback department. Now, to the surprise of no one, as we had come to expect, this is a wide open quarter, quarterback competition for Arizona State. As we saw, uh, Glenn Thomas is the offensive coordinator. Oh my God, what, what is... I can't remember the quarterback who got the starts today. I'm going to have to take a look. Finn Collins. There we go. Finn Collins, who was one of the other quarterbacks that we highlighted earlier this week, if not towards the end of last week, was getting the majority of the first team reps today. Although Paul Tyson did come in later on and take some more first team reps as well. There was a big onus today on special teams. Special teams was an area that killed the Sun Devils last year. Short of the punting department, where Eddie Ziblicki was just a freaking stud. The kicking was far too inconsistent between Zendejas being injured, and even when he was out there, he wasn't anything killer. And the... Uh, I'm trying to be nice, but the, the, the inconsistent... No, consistently bad. The 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 underwhelming, there we go. The underwhelming efforts of Logan Tyler. And God knows the return game was just terrible. And I, I'm trying to be positive here, but DJ Taylor was so frustrating to watch last year. He just, there were times he had no business taking it out of the end zone. We would lose a lot of yardage to start the drives. It would pin us deep. He had fumbling issues, and unfortunately, that popped up again, no pun intended, during practice today 
as DJ Taylor did fumble another return. There was quite a few guys that were getting return opportunities as well, including, and this is interesting to me, Daniel Nagata. Any way that Nagata can get on the field is, is just to his benefit entirely. The, the more the more exposure he can get, the better the better his upside is. This is a Rashad White situation. White was a solid return man for Arizona State before finally getting the go for everything offensively, and look what he was able to do with it. Now, these are two completely different players for more than one reason. More so than anything they're built, but neither here nor there. Nagata is definitely trying to make himself stand out from the Zazavian Howards, or not Howards, I do that every time, Zazavian Valadez and the Tevin Whites on this team. If there's one way he can do it, this might be it, is to show out on special teams. So I'm definitely hoping that he can find a way to do just that. In the meantime, DJ Taylor's still in that competition. Elijah Badger also up there, and newcomer Giovanni Sanders also making some noise in there. Now, back to the DJ Taylor point, th this fumbling issue is something that's been going on for a while. He was doing this last year, too, which ended up taking his responsibilities away altogether for LB Bunkley Shelton to take over. There's, there, there's a problem there, okay? We, I'm not saying we need Jacoby Jones back there. I'm not saying we need Devin Hester. But we need some kind of consistency in the return department. You need to be good in all three facets of the game, offense, defense, special teams. We've got punting down. That's it. We have no idea what we're doing at kicker. In fact, Jace Feely, who is our kicker right now, or at least part of the competition, missed a handful of kicks in individual drills ranging from 40 to 50 yards per source at all Sun Devils. Not great, Bob. That That's not great. You really cannot afford to have a guy who is inconsistent at best, a guy who's missing field goals. And I understand that when it comes to college kickers, anything beyond 40 yards is a crapshoot. Anything beyond 30 yards feels a like a coin flip. Anything inside of 30 yards still doesn't feel like a gimme. There's a reason why the joke is college kickers. Arizona State is once again going to be in that category. Honestly, Sun Devil fans, we were spoiled with Zane Gonzalez. NFL success, be whatever. Zane, oh, absolutely spoiled with what he was able to give the Sun Devils. Because ever since then, it's been a revolving door. It's Brandon Reese and I just said his name. Christens and Dejas, Logan Tyler, potentially Jace Feely. We, we've enjoyed the luxury of good kicking, and now we're going to be right back with 90% of college football. An interesting, an interesting report here from All Sun Devils, Donnie Druin again, is that the coaching staff has been using medicine balls a lot in order to help the running backs test their agility and make defenders miss. Certainly an interesting workout here. I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I'm certainly not opposed to it as long as they're doing it safely, and that's all that matters. So going into the drills with um, first-team defense coming out, they shut down ASU's lone rushing attempt and forced quarterback Trenton Borgay 
to keep his passes short. So you'd love to hear that, that this pass rush and this front seven are able to shut down a run game, which admittedly they didn't do much of. Obviously, there was one attempt. But you like the fact that the defense as a whole was able to step up and keep everything underneath and not allow anything too deep. Now, granted, when Paul Tyson got out there, he did air it out a few times, but to no avail. So good to see from the defense. The ASU's defense is definitely going to have to be where we're leaning towards our successes in 2022. So we'll see. But that's all I got for you guys today. Thank you again so much for making the Lockdown Sun Devils your first listen every single day. Remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms, which includes but is not limited to Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're also on YouTube as well if you want to go ahead and subscribe there. Follow, like, share, five-star, comment, link it, all that good stuff. While you're on Twitter, follow myself at RichieBrads36 and follow the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. We are on there all the time, having so much fun talking everything Arizona State. In the meantime, go ahead and make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL quarterback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. Just like the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, it's free and available on all platforms. And until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked On Sun Devils.